Welcome back to Match Volume. I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm your host, Jeremy. And it's really good to be back. It is good to be back. You know, Natalie, I didn't ask you this last time, but where are you from? I'm from eight different states. Whoa. Uh, you could say I'm from nowhere and everywhere. That's like half the country. It Well, math, hmm. not necessarily. Uh, what about you? I am from Venezuela originally, mm-hmm. but I moved to Miami when I was pretty young, and I lived there most of my life. Okay, so we got a little moving between yeah, us. Yeah, a little we got moving. A little moving. A little moving. Uh, speaking of hometown, we got a little bit of hometown pride. Uh, today on Match Volume, our producer L. Davidson chatted with the music director, for 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, Justin Barney. Our lovely producer, L is from Milwaukee, and uh, they kind of bonded over a little bit of their Midwest upbringing, you could say. Justin is a UW-Madison alum who went on to work his way up to music director and assistant program director. He's a DJ, a podcast host, and certified Milwaukee influencer. Here's, Here's Justin, Justin Barney. Barney. I am Justin Barney. I am the music director at 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. So how do you identify professionally and personally? Are you just a music director? I um I think that's a good question because sometimes I, I think about that in like a number of settings. I am, my title is the music director of 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. But a lot of times I think like, you know, I, I went to, I went camping in the UP this past weekend and I was trying to explain, I, I, I was like explaining to what somebody, um, like who I was and what I was doing. Cause I was, I was doing some writing and I was like, I am a journalist and, uh, I've been like working on this podcast. And uh, when I am working on this podcast, I am a journalist. And when I am, you know, selecting the music that 88.9 plays as an organization, I am the music director. And when I'm on air hosting uh, the afternoon drive every day from three to six, I am a DJ. And when I am uh, interviewing an artist that I, I interview artists every day, I am like a, I don't know, an interviewer. And uh, some, and sometimes, sometimes that like gets in my head because um when I was in college, I really, I really wanted to be a writer and I still kind of like identify, I still strive to be a writer. That is, I think like in my heart of hearts, that's like, that's what, that's who I am at my best or that's, that's what I am, what I, what I never feel worthy of. But then also because it's like, because I am not, because my title is music director and not journalist identifying as a journalist, I feel like a bit of a fraud. You know, I'm like, I'm not a journalist. I got a degree in history and political science. Like I've never taken a journalism class. And so there's a lot of titles that I feel like I could wear that, um, but I feel like, like I wrote, I, I wrote for, I write for NPR and I will, I will write about music for NPR and they'll ask me to write about stuff. And, uh, I, some, there's a part of me that still feels like I can't identify as like a writer, even though I get paid to write for NPR, but, uh, I think that's always a struggle and I still feel like an imposter and I am 31 years old and I have been doing this for almost 10 years. Yeah. It's, I think it's a struggle that everybody who wants to write or like create or have a voice faces. Yes. 
Um, I'm a journalism and creative writing major, which I always tell yes. people that's like so embarrassing to say. It's like <laughs> the most narcissistic majors. Like I think I have a voice. Like I think I want to write. Like that's I have that much faith in myself to do that. But when you talk to people who have published books and you know really seasoned mm-hmm. journalists, they're always like, "Yeah, everybody goes through that." It's you save like a lot of drama by just being like, I am a writer and I'm trying my best. And your editor is always there to be like, you suck, but you're great. I wish I, I wish I could. Right. Well, I think it's a Midwestern thing. I always tell my professors, I'm like, I'm from the Midwest. Like, of course, like I haven't, I don't deserve anything. Like it's like that kind of mindset where it's like, who do you think you are to have a voice? Like we're all sort of like, equal do you feel that way culturally about the midwest oh oh my god (laughs) yes i feel like it i think a lot of it comes Mm -hmm. to my mother um my my mom does not like music that is she's straight up she will (laughs) she she will she will tell you that she does not like music when music is on she'll say what is that noise (laughs) and she doesn't like a big reason why she doesn't like music is because she thinks that uh, when a musician is playing, it's too much ego for her. Oh, when someone is playing music, is drawing attention to themselves because they think they're so great, that is the biggest that that is the biggest offense that somebody could commit is to think that they're so important as to draw attention to themselves. And here I am. Uh, trying to identify as a writer. And so I feel like I'm like, if other people see me as a writer, then I love that. Well, then then I'm flattered to see myself as a writer, to self-identify seems like the, uh, you know, I, my mom would well, hate me. Well, the Midwest me. <laughs> really disapproves. I hate to like make sweeping generalizations about a region of the country, but it's where we're from. So I think it's okay. Mm. Like, growing up, it was like, okay, right. you think you're smart? That means you're dumb. Like, I remember that was always something in school. Yeah. It was like, oh, you think you're good at English because you got an A? Like, no. Like, you know, it was it was just always, no. like, such a tricky balance. And then when you come out west, people are like, um, I went to Exeter and I'm going to be on SNL. And if they said that in Milwaukee, someone would be like, okay, get a lot of this guy, like, you know? And here people are like, yeah, like manifest it, whatever. And I don't think there's like one that's better than the other because, right? I don't know. I also think that everybody from LA is really weird. But um, (laughs) yeah, I totally get like that imposter syndrome because every day at USC, I'm like, I don't know anything. And secretly Mm -hmm. you do. Um. Right. And sometimes, like, I will be, and now that I am, now that I, when I talk about music, I do feel like I know, I'm like, I am, I I can legitimately call myself an authority on, on music. And it's only, it's taking me, like, seven years of doing it professionally to be like, I think I am I think I can talk to at least something that's happening in music or, like, I do, since it's my job, I know, I, I do legitimately feel like I have a, a bank of knowledge that is um, specialized. 
Um, but it's taken me a long time. And I, I, I do feel like part of that is like coming from Milwaukee and just like constantly like the constant underdog mentality yeah. that constantly feeling like we are underdogs. Like I am from Milwaukee. I have something to prove. I there's no amount of proving it that can prove mm-hmm. it because that is constantly that underdog mentality. I totally agree. I even felt it when I joined USC's college radio station. I like, I mm-hmm. thought I knew so much about music and I was like, yeah, like I learned who Sufjan Stevens was when I was like 13. Like, I'm so cool. Like, mm-hmm. I know music. And then I got here and I was like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> I listened to like the most basic ass music in the world. And I have no shame because it's what I like. But I think it's like a different, Mm -hmm. like you're drawing from such a different culture. Like being 13 and listening to Sufjan Stevens in Milwaukee, people are like, what is that? I've never heard of that. Why would you listen to anything not on the radio? And then it's like, it's just so funny. (laughs) I always kind of joke too that like, I'm so bad sometimes with technology, like even using all of this stuff. And my coworker the other day was like, aren't you in Gen Z? Like, shouldn't you know how to use this? And I was like, babe, I'm from the Midwest. Like you have to add five years on to me. Like I'm a, I'm a young millennial. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we didn't have this kind of stuff. <laughs> like a Gen Z in LA uh, is different. But anyway. I came into my college radio station thinking that I knew a lot because I had also been listening to Sufjan Stevens since I was 13 and was the only person that was listening to it at that time and uh, and felt like, well, I'm so different and I know so much because no one else is listening to this. But then like the more that I am uh, involved in music, it is truly like the more the longer that I do this, the more I realize, like, I don't know anything about music. And uh, I was cool for knowing Sufjan Stevens, but there is like an entire, literally an entire world of music that I do not know anything about, which is like, which to me, I think is really fun and is really empowering because uh, there is no end. I remember like being, uh, I remember like doing a show about like the history of rock and roll for my college station and being like, okay, here it is. Here's rock and roll in an hour. You know, like it went from these black musicians to Elvis Presley brought into popularity. And then it went to the Beatles. And then it was like, you know, I just like in stones and I just like took it through the most skeletal biggest like version of it. And I was like, well, that's it. And now going back, it's like, I didn't even talk about Sister Rosetta Tharp and I didn't even talk about like all of this other stuff that is like so much, much more involved and that you could never really talk about it. I didn't know what prog rock was until I was 20. Like, yeah, <laughs> you and know I what still I mean? barely know what it is. Yeah, you know, I it's like, like I, and I know vaguely, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm so like cool and yeah. moody. Like I'm going to work at like what is that called? Like Hi-Fi Cafe, the one across from Russian <laughs> Records. I was like, I'm like a hipster. That's like how I felt at 14. I was like, I don't belong here. This is like. I remember going city. past Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Cafe, and being like, one day I'm gonna be a person that like is writing something in Hi-Fi and just like getting my normal coffee. Yeah, ordering b- their blueberry pancakes. I wanted to be pancakes. that person so bad. 
Yeah. And now I am that person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, like I will go to like Hi-Fi and get a coffee and like do some writing that I'm getting paid for. And it's like that is kind of wild that I mm-hmm. that I go to that spot that I wanted I, I looked at that person who I wanted to be so bad and now I am that person and I still like long to be that person <laughs> that like I am. Right. <laughs> I, I constantly wild. find that every day. I'm like just the fact that I'm like walking to a college class. I'm like I waited six years of yes. my life to do that. Um, yes. So you're kind of like a classic story, you know, Music director at UW-Madison's college radio station, intern at Radio Milwaukee, full-time at Radio Milwaukee, music director at Radio Milwaukee. Yes. That's pretty awesome. It's like a real... Yeah. Real rags to riches story. Yeah, exactly. So through that journey, what did you learn about public radio and like its origins relating to where you went to college and what does it mean to you? Um, I mean, public radio and its origins, I think is one of the most, like most interesting things about, and it like brings my Wisconsin and Milwaukee pride, which I have a lot of. So what I learned about public radio through being in, uh, UW, and then through reading Wisconsin on the Air, the book, um, and other things, is that many people can claim to have dis- have uh, invented radio, but Wisconsin can truly claim that it has invented that it invented radio at one point and had like the first stick in the state and possibly it, it was like a early competing of like who truly like did it, but then so Wisconsin. Invents radio. Radio is invented in Madison, Wisconsin. At the time, Wisconsin had the University of Wisconsin had the Wisconsin idea, which is the idea of the University of Wisconsin being a laboratory for all the ideas and then being um, spreading all of those ideas to the state of Wisconsin. It was like it all comes from the university and then goes out through the rest of the state. And uh, once radio was invented, they were like, what do we do with this public good? Well, the idea of the Wisconsin idea is that we spread this good throughout the state. And so this should be a good for the state. And so they essentially then invented public radio and Wisconsin public radio, it being this this vehicle for information and knowledge that should be shared. And uh, then National Public Radio later kind of modeled itself on this initial image of the idea that radio should not be private, but should be a public good. And Wisconsin invented this thing. And I take a lot of pride in that. One day I want to do like a podcast about that, where like we make this kind of like great argument of, because a a lot of, uh, you know, a a lot of the things that I do for for 88.9 Radio Milwaukee is show, is like, is, having pride in Milwaukee and showing the great things that we're capable of or that we do because as, as a, you know, Midwesterners, we're afraid to say the great things that we've done. Mm-hmm. And also we feel that we have to go somewhere else in order to do something great. And, and we may do something great somewhere else, but I, I love the knowing because no one talks about the great history or the things that we've done here. And so when you look at NPR and you're like, Oh, I got to go to DC and be NPR, or I have to do this to be Wisconsin public or to be national public radio. Um, I think it's so cool 
that that has its origin in Wisconsin. That that's that's got its history in here, and and I would love to tell that on, as like a greater narrative or like make some like huge argument that you know Wisconsin really is at the middle of that or at the center of it because it is totally. And I just like as a creative writing major, whatever. I like thinking about radio as a poetic idea and like a airwave for the people, like something to bring us together Absolutely. is very cute. So you're talking about come on, let's give Wisconsin its moment to shine, the importance of, like, yes. doing things where you're from, not feeling like you have to go to D.C. or to New York to do NPR. And yes. I think you're a great example of that because you've become a bit of a local celebrity, if I may say. You may disagree because you're from Milwaukee, so you would never think of yourself right. that way. But when I first started interning at 88.9, my friends were like, your boss is Justin Barney? Like, and would, like, talk about, like, music news and how you do your little, like, closing yes. thing on it. It's so cute. Yes. And this past year, I started seeing you on billboards. So what's up with that? How do you even get involved yeah. in things like that? Do people come to you? Are you trying to start stuff? What's up? Well, first off about, like, staying in Milwaukee... I I never really saw it like an option to move somewhere else. I had like, you know, like I think there's a bit of like coming up in Milwaukee. And as we said, like moving to New York is an act of hubris. You I know? got a lot of uh, a lot of flack for moving to L.A. for college. People were like not proud, but hard. confused. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it is it is seeing as being like it's you know it's embarrassing to to move to LA or to New York to like try to be something and i and i think that that is i think that it's wrong and i i that stops people from doing things and i think that everybody should and if you you know if you want to move to New York then do it if you like you know believe in yourself and move to LA like you should absolutely do it I just never thought that was an option for me. And I, I I just thought, like, New York and L.A., like, they're big cities that will chew you up and spit you out. And so I always thought, like, well, maybe <laughs> if I – I need to make my name in Milwaukee first. And this is a city that I know and that I like. And so I went to Madison. And then I came back and uh, and to Milwaukee because my parents lived here and I didn't have a job. And I needed to intern uh, for an entire year unpaid at a radio station that I liked and that eventually got a job. Um, but in the, what the, one of the things that I really, really love about Milwaukee is that it is, is that I can have a really, a really large influence in the city. Like we are a city of like 600,000 people and I can have like an undue influence as one person in this city. And one of the. And that's a lot of people. Like people think Milwaukee is a small town, you know, we're twice the size of Cleveland. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. So take that. This is just like us as Milwaukee being like, yeah, you don't think anything of Milwaukee. This is like my constant like having to defend Milwaukee to uh, everybody. Um, I'm not going to lie. The Bucks helped. I was at a barbecue yeah. this summer when we made it to the semifinals and I was like screaming and I was so excited. And I was like, well, I'm from Milwaukee. And these guys were like, no, you're not. They're like, I've <laughs> never met anyone from Wisconsin. Like, you're not from there. And I was like, OK, like, 
I don't even know what to say to that. I, I was in L.A. Uh, a couple weeks ago uh, to interview this band, and I was coming back, and I got, like, in the cab to the airport, and uh, I was, like, like, being picked up, and the guy was like, oh, uh, you're going to the airport? Where are you going? I was like, I'm going to Milwaukee. He's like, why are you going to Milwaukee? I was like, that's where I'm from. And he was like, what? And then he, he was like, you're from Milwaukee? Gross. He was like, well... I mean, you do have the bucks, and and it was like I was like, yes, like yes. like two years ago he would have just been like yuck and left it at that, but now he's like, well, you got the bucks, which is like huge, and which is like what I said the entire time when like the bucks were were going, but it's like the 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 bucks do help and and have helped, but I like that I can have I can have an influence of the city, and one thing that like I I I have always like my roots are in music and like I got into this because I like music <laughs> and uh, and that is the thing that I, that I make my career in now um but also like I love art and I have always been like a champion of the arts and uh, like the arts at large I you know I am bachelor of the arts and as I wanted to be an ambassador of the arts for Milwaukee and that's one thing that I have really been able to do as like working at the radio station and i have you know you taught me who nausgaard was and yeah not that i ever actually read it but (laughs) now i do know who that is when people always bring it up (laughs) right so so it's like i listen to a lot of music but i also like read i I read like 25 pages a day is what i try to read and i watch like i you know, several movies a week and, and like I go to the art museum and, and I love like the art, like art is just my favorite thing in the world. And I love being a champion for that in the city. And at working at 889, I've been able to champion local music. I've been able to champion national music. I've been able to, um, I've been able to do things in music at a really high level. And then also those have like, because of that, the, the, the creative and artistic community in Milwaukee is so that I have a big sphere in that. And so it's like, I love books. And so we have a local, uh, we have Boswell Books, which is a great, um, a great independent bookstore. And so I'm like, I want to get involved in what they're doing. And whenever I let them know if you have and they have like events coming through and so we did a an event with Michelle Zahner Japanese Breakfast she released her book uh Crying in H Mart this year and and I have done events with them before and I was like whenever you have a musician come through I want to do that interview and so and I know the guy Daniel I mean he is the guy who like who runs that and because I work Listen, at Listen a- Justin I know the guy, Daniel. Like, it's a small town. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, and Daniel knows me, and he's like, oh, Justin works at 88.9. This is Justin Barney. He interviews all these people. And it's all very accessible, and there's, like, very few of it, you know? And so there's, like, there there's, like, not uh that's, I, I feel like there's not, like, a ton of, like, competing for creative things. It's the people that are championing them are looking for other people who also love art like they do. And so when Michelle did did that, like, little tour, it was, like, for that book tour, like, they rode for me. And also, like, I know I know that, I know that Michelle's honors uh, tour manager rode for me, too, because 
I've worked with him and he knows he I have done interviews with with bands that he's had and I know that he advocated for me as well. And then when we when she did like this tour, the initial tour, it was like Bowen Yang is moderating and uh, Lucy Dacus and Ben Gibbard and Justin Barney. Hey. I was literally I was the least I was the least famous. I was the only like non blue check mark person to like to do an interview. And uh, it was like out of the, like the 10 people I was like in on that. And then it's like and then because Milwaukee is a small place, it's like I love art as well. And so I know the person that does marketing at the art museum, like I go to the art museum all the time. And she is, she was like the daughter of our executive director at 88.9. And we were, they had this, they did this, uh, this exhibit on some boring French guy in the 1800s. And I remember going to the exhibit and then I was talking to her after. And I was like, I go to all these exhibits and it's like, you've got like Picasso and you've got all these guys. And they all say like in the description, it's like, this person was uh, so unconventional that the salon, the famous like the salon from like France in the late 1800s, yeah, this, art groups. this like institution. Yeah, this institution of art. It was like this work was rejected by the salon. And then they have like another person and it's like their work was so forward thinking that they were rejected by the salon and i remember telling her i was like i'm glad that you had this boring old guy from france in the 1800s because he was like darling of the salon <laughs> and i had been like looking at all these people that defied convention but it's like that's worthless unless you know what the convention is and i was like i don't know i've never seen like anybody who is like darling of the salon and then they had this guy and he was darling of the salon and it was like great now that context is fit for me now when i look at at picasso i can look at him compared to this guy whose work was pretty freaking boring and i can be like oh yeah he did defy convention because now we know what the convention is and so like we had like that conversation about like boring french painters from the 1800s and then she got back to me uh like two years later earlier like last year and she was like just i was like thinking of that conversation that we had um, about boring French painters. And I wouldn't have like pegged you as having like a ton of uh, opinions about, you know, French artists in the late 1800s. Rude. But I was thinking, <laughs> <I know. laughs> and, and she was like, what I was thinking like, yeah, there's probably a lot of other people like you that go to the art museum and look at every exhibition. And I want to do, I want to do uh, an ad campaign that's about like, influencers in Milwaukee that you might see around town and you might know them because in Milwaukee the art community is smaller and so if you see this person you might you recognize them you see them at every show that, like I remember growing see, up I was like unfortunately in high school so I just kept to myself but I would be yeah. like okay this is the same exact people in the pit as last week like <laughs> <laughs> yes and I love that. And tickets I mean, are $15 I, and they never sell out. It just. I know. And it's like, I love seeing, like, I know the people that I will see, like, in the pit. Like, I know Christopher Novak will be in the pit. And I just knew Christopher Novak because there was, like, always this curly-haired dude that looked like Weird Al in the front of every single pit. Just, like, at every freaking show. And I was like, who is this guy? 
And I got to know him, and it's like Christopher Novak, and he's just a champion of the scene. And I love that that Milwaukee has that like really niche culture. And so then, so then Allison wanted to do this this like uh, influencer campaign, and she was like, "Do you want to?" She was like, "Come to the art museum." And we'll do this like photo shoots. And then uh, and then we did like this photo shoot and she had like uh, a handful of other like Milwaukee influencers like do this photo shoot. And then uh, they put us up on billboards all around town. And I was like up on a billboard that I pass like all the time and that like everybody in my family passes because it's in Bayview and we've lived there for literally generations it's of on, us. It's on like 6th have, and Oklahoma, And that's what I like right? about Milwaukee too. Or was it on like right there yeah. at the border of Bayview? Yeah. Yep. It was on Oklahoma and Howell, like across from the Wendy's. Yeah. You know, that was like, that's the and intersection. That's where everything is. That's where Target. That and is. My dance yeah. studio growing up was there. I used to work at the Noodles and Company on 28th in Oklahoma. So I was like shooting up the street. Like, oh my God, you would have passed me every single day. <laughs> and so it's like, I, I can be, I, I love that because then it's like, then I'm, I'm with the art museum. Also, like we have the Oriental Theater here in Milwaukee. And that was another thing where it was like I we had the the Milwaukee Film Festival. And I remember going to that when I was an intern at 88.9 and they would have people like introduce the movies. And I was like, one day I want to be one of those people. How do I get I want to be on stage introducing a movie. And now (laughs) Every single year, they ask me to introduce movies, <laughs> you know? And now, now it's like an obligation, like a thing that I, I have to do because uh, because I am ambassador of the arts and I just want to be involved in every arts organization. And I let people know that, you know? Like, I I know that I want to get involved in these art things and the more that I do, the more that they, like, grow and expand. But I've, like, gotten into all, all the things that I'm interested in, which is, like, really fulfilling. Well... That's amazing. And I hope to follow in your footsteps one day soon because, like, there's just nothing like your hometown. And there's nowhere you're supposed mm-hmm. to be or belong to more, I think, unless there's extenuating circumstances in your personal life that require you to get out of town, of course. Um, yes. <laughs> which I felt like I had them until I kind of grew up. So it's nice. But, um, To wrap up the interview, I want to steal one of your questions because I learned when I interned for you, you invented five songs you can't stop listening to. And that's like a regular segment, like folkloric segment on 88.9. We all know what it is. I feel like you and I got really close after you interviewed me for it. And... That's like what sparked our connection. So, Justin, what's a song you can't stop listening to? I, you know, like I ask this question all the time and then sometimes like I panic if somebody will ask (laughs) me and I realize like how panic stricken this can like, I always think it's just like so casual. Um, uh, But um, there is there is a song that I I literally cannot stop listening to. It is uh, Caroline Shut Up by Carolyn Polachek. Mm. Are you familiar? Duh. The song Carolyn Shut Up is like, I I love it. I absolutely love when somebody talks about themselves in the third person in a song. When somebody like name drops themselves or like talks about themselves, I just, 
the, like David Allen Coe does it all the time. And I like, I love that. Or when someone will mention themselves in the song as like this kind of like meta bit, I absolutely love. And so that song was like in my head and I was in, so I was in the UP camping alone by myself in the most remote forest you could be in. Like literally no cell phone, no nothing. I'm just like out in the woods and I'm trying to like quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. but I can't quiet my mind because it was like someone, it was like I was wearing headphones and Caroline Shut Up was being played at like the highest volume. It was like that much like in my head that I was like, I couldn't like, I couldn't like listen to anything. And I, and that was like, Caroline Shut Up was so in my head that, and I couldn't stop listening to it like so hard that I literally could not think other thoughts while I was in the most like plaintive and beautiful space in the world. And I was like, damn, this song really has a hold on me. Mm. I truly cannot stop listening to it. It is playing at volume 10 in my head. I love that. So, Kellen, shut up. Like going back to my 13 year old music taste, I remember Bruises by Chairlift was on like one of my mix CDs. And I was like, wow. I know. <laughs> so, she's a cutie. Um, well, I yeah. guess I guess that's it, Justin. This was a great catch up. We'll have to talk more. Yes. We'll have you back soon. Oh, love that idea of getting involved in your hometown's art scene and st- kind of starting from the root. Yeah, I feel like I really missed that sort of world where I grew up, but mm, me too. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like finally fulfilled living through. L yes. and Justin. Hometown. I yeah. never got that. That, Amer- <laughs> that American dream, that hometown. Yeah, not in me, but mm. definitely got it from this. Filled a hole in me. And you know what else I kind of found really heartening? When Justin was talking about that whole imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's good to know that really accomplished people feel that too. Especially him, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you can be on NPR. You can work with uh, musicians. You can do pretty much everything that every journalist wants to do and still feel like you're not doing enough. That's good. That's good life lessons right there. Comforting, but morbid, but comforting. But uh, if you're in a smaller town, don't feel like you have to, you know, move to L.A., move to New York to follow your dreams. It's right there. You can do anything anywhere, essentially. You can do anything anywhere. And that is the message. You should write write that on on postcards. You should put that on a T-shirt. Uh, that's all for this week's episode. Tune in next Friday for more Match Volume. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Media. This show is a production of Annenberg Media and is produced by L. Davidson. See you next week.